Now that we can know potatoes are just seen right there like a green tomato. Here I'm waiting, palpitating with all that meat. And no potatoes. All right, welcome to the Hot Stove Society Show on Cairo Radio. Big day here today, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yes. I had my first uh, corned beef dinner last night with Miss Pamela. Yep, yep. So the weekend has started. Like the whole Tremendous cabbage. Well, as part of my taste of the week, I'll ask you a question about that. Okay, that's good. <clears throat> I like that. I'm Tom Douglas, uh, owner of several joints around town, including... The uh, soon-to-open Palace Kitchen. Yay! Yay! And, uh, oh, my God. Lola oh, my downstairs. God. People have been waiting by the front Serious door. Serious pie. It's going to be... Uh, we have a lot of things going right now. We continue to build back to where we were pre-COVID. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting to be getting going down that road. Re- How about you, to Chef? Re- to rebuild is a beautiful thing. Yeah. I would prefer just to build new, but <laughs> rebuilding is fine. Yes, I understand. And people say, why are you doing that? It's like, well, I have leases in place. I've been paying... Hundreds of thousands of dollars on dead leases uh, as we wait to get tr- or try to get these joints open. So it's like, that's why I do that. <laughs> right. No, okay, of course. Yeah, and uh, I'm uh, just a chef in a hat consulting uh, if yeah, you need. I have a spot at the airport and I'm consulting on called Lulu and Concourse B. And other than that, uh, famous radio show for 22 years <laughs> with this famous guy called Tom Douglas. Yeah, exactly. Every what a Saturday life. and Sunday on Cairo 97.3 FM. We're thrilled to be here. We have a very lively audience today. They're all yeah. here for a little breakfast. Did any of you actually pay or did you all just sneak in? They snuck in. They snuck in. No Pamela way. is such an easy card easy. that way. You're an easy mark that way. <laughs> totally easy. Uh, we'll be with you for two hours today. You can catch us live uh, in your kitchen or in your garden or in your car, wherever you happen to be, or you can podcast us and, and uh, join Michelle Lee, who you probably know as a uh, newscaster here in town, is going to zoom in and talk to us about a not-to-be-missed event at What She Said, Food, Beverage, and Bosses, here at the W Hotel on March 23rd. How do they get tickets and what it's all about? Uh, I think it's a good concept. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Good, good panel that she's engaging. Quick and easy videos from Costco with creative development manager Jane Shucklin is here. So, And she brought muffins. Did you? Yeah. What a sweetie. How about that? Slice Walla folks are here. A gorgeous recipe for spring vegetables. What's that all about, Pamela? Why? why it's a very esoteric. Well, I um, got some arugula and um, sorrel going in my yard. Uh-huh. And I'm just, Already you're picking? Yeah. Well, I, I bought plants. Starts. <laughs> <laughs> so I could she start bought a, eating. She bought a who, plant? Who, who buys a start of arugula? No, wait, wait. She, <laughs> bought, a, she bought a plant, she, bought it, she put it in the ground, yeah. and then she cut it. And you then know. I started eating it. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, uh, the state but. considers arugula a noxious weed. <laughs> That's how I, much it grows. I just crave you, it. You can say that if you don't have that all over your garden like I do. Did you box it in or is it, uh, is it like in a pot? It's or did you let it grow it, wild? In no, the, it's in a pot. It's in a pot. Good. Yeah. But um, the trivia uh, this week is themed on spring vegetables. And we're, uh, you know, we're it, doing a spring vegetable recipe from a is, very famous cookbook. I'm just saying. It's just a little early. It's, I know. Num- but number I'm, one, I'm it's psyched. winter still. I know people want to jump into spring. Number two is a spring vegetable kind of starts growing at the beginning of spring, and you can harvest it by... I know. Okay, fine. <laughs> she's got her own garden. She knows. I know. And she of knows, because she's making it up. There's nothing in the backyard right now except chives. <laughs> she knows. It's a spring chive recipe. Exactly. 
<laughs> and of course, they're going to play our. You know, the other thing that are coming up are those little uh, things where you could pick the stamens and have some saffron. The crocus, crocus, crocus are coming up. Maybe that's what you should spend your retirement time <laughs> picking the stamens out of crocus. Ding. Good luck. <laughs> One at a time. It's a very slow job. <laughs> yeah. Of course, we're going to. Whoa! Of course, we're going to finish our show with rub with love, food for thought, tasty trivia. We have a victim in the audience picked out already to. To take on, she is a lawyer, chef. Yeah, well, that's not going to help today. Oh, I like it. I like it. What, what law school did you go to? Seattle U. Seattle U. My daughter went to the U-Dub, All so right. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> taste of the week, chef. What's your taste of the week? My taste of the week is a question for you. I'm, uh, you talked about brisket and sympathies day, and I have two beautiful little brisket in my refrigerator that I'm going to process today. Process. Uh, so well, process. I'm make it today for, for I have some friends coming over on Friday. Yeah. On Saturday, pardon me, and uh, I want to start processing it today. As in, I'm going to soak it, and then I'm going to dry it, and I'm going to braise it. What do you mean? Uh, so you're just doing a plain brisket. You're not doing a Correct. corned br- brisket. Well, actually, no. It is corned. It's come. It, it came with. I bought it at Metropolitan Market. It came with the. Yeah. You know, so the what do you mean you're going to soak it? You don't soak it. Well, I'm going to soak it to get just to get rid of some no, of it. No, no, chef. No, he knows no, how chef. to cook. It's already was in our the, brisket good last night. In fact, it was. In fact, it was. You don't have to soak it. It's already like in a liquid that I'm not very keen about, so I the was going to rinse pink, it off. The pink liquid. Yeah, I like to okay, yeah, chef. rinse that off. And who am I to tell what no, is no, often considered you, the best you, chef in I'm Seattle you how to make corn I'm beef? Your question. Who am I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we won't go there. <laughs> and you know, corned beef isn't really even traditional. We found out last night. Corn, bacon and, and potatoes was traditional. They couldn't afford the, the brisket. Right. No, I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe yeah. that. But regardless, uh, braised. I was going to use a little bit of my homemade chicken stock. And uh, on the side, I have uh, cabbage, carrots, and potatoes, and turnips. Braised. You should try cooking them. Last night, mine came out a little al dente. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. I'm going to cook them because I'm going to roast them. Yeah. All of them. Yeah, I thought. Including I was, the cabbage. I just had my oven on a little low, I think. Yeah. So anyway, um, garnish with horseradish uh, mustard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dijon mustard and horseradish together. That makes them good kicking. Mike's husband last night. I was, I mean, Pam's husband, Mike, last night, I was having a good time with. He had the grater and he had the fresh horseradish, uh, you know, like carrot. Uh, sure, sure, sure. And he was trying to grate it, and he just couldn't figure it out. On the microplane <laughs> grater, it's like, okay, let's start here. Put the grater down. <laughs> he was flummoxed. He was flummoxed about that. Was like, yeah. <laughs> That's not true. So here's what I do. I take it right out of the package because right. all that pink stuff is all good. That goo is delicious. True. And then, you you know, I prefer if they if they cure the corned beef with the spices on right, it. Right, right. For some reason, you know, they're trying to be a little... I'm not sure what they're trying like to do. Mustard seed, yeah, yeah it's nonsense. Uh, and I prefer to put a little bit more pickling spice on than what they actually add. Right. And then I put it in a covered casserole, nothing else. Cook it low and slow, 250 degrees for three, three and a half hours till it's about 200 degrees. Pull it out, let it rest naturally, and then all that jus, all the water comes out, and I pour that over the roasting vegetables with duck fat and butter, and and uh, go from there. Wow. So I'm just saying you don't have to do all that rinsing thing if you don't want to. Right. But you just don't add salt to the rest of your vegetables. Correct. Correct. Right? That stuff is pretty salty, yeah. Yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of salt going in. That pink goo is really from the pink salt that they cure the, the meat with. Yeah. So. 
Up next, Michelle Lee shares information on the upcoming event she is moderating called What She Said, Food and Beverage Bosses. On Cairo Radio, it's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. some yogurt well not exactly yogurt but it has a taste of yogurt and also kind of look like yogurt the shape should be like yogurt some people would think it's yogurt but with a closer look at my yogurt you'll discover it's not yogurt banana vanilla welcome back it's the hot stove society show on cairo we're coming to you from the beautiful hotel andra in downtown seattle back in the hot stove studios uh, we do tons of things here, classes and uh, public classes, private classes, wedding. I just booked a wedding rehearsal dinner here, nice. and we're going to have a dumpling challenge. And each of the families who don't know each other, but now they're being forced into a relationship through marriage, are going to vie for d- the dumpling challenge title. So, uh, Joining us by Zoom, Michelle Lee is uh, here. You might know her from uh, the local news here in Seattle. She's now residing in St. Louis, but she's doing a cool event here in Seattle on March 23rd, as she's hosting uh, an event called What She Said, Food, Beverage, and Bosses at the W Hotel. Michelle, welcome to our show. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm such a big fan of yours, you know. Um, you don't also, look that big, Michelle, on, on Zoom. <laughs> I'm just got to tell you. You know, I think we have to say what she said. I think you have to be like, yeah, what she said. That's how you say you exactly. Know, I'm sorry. I, said. I have six sisters. I know all about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So tell us about this and, and why you're involved and uh, what we can look forward to. Well, I'm really excited because the W hosts this event and it's kind of, a, you know, a safe place for women to kind of get together and just talk about things that are good and challenging in the food and beverage and hospitality industry. And we're just, we're going to have a really nice panel discussion with some women who are doing honestly some really amazing things in Seattle. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm just really proud to be able to be a part of that. Well, there's a few women on the list that I actually know personally of through. Who do you know? Well, Boff, certainly from Tillicum, was a sous chef at Palace Kitchen a million years ago. Uh, and uh, if you look at my first book, Seattle Kitchen, she's, you know, we were filming in the kitchen one of the days that she was working there, and she's all over the book, which is super wow. fun. And Holly is, uh, we still work with Holly today, but she was a waiter downstairs at Lola for a bit. And Angela Shen is going to be there from Savor Seattle's and kind of started the whole food tour scene in Seattle. But uh, I'm, I'm curious. I thought she had sold her company, so I'm curious what she's doing these days. Yeah, well, she's doing that. She's kind of back into it. And then she's also doing wild birds. I don't know if you ever follow her on social media, but she's like into foraging. So oh. it's going to be really cool to, to catch up with what she's doing. And then, of course, the brewer, the head brewer from um, Pike is going to be there. Leslie Shore, yeah, who was on our <laughs> show not long ago. And Al- uh, Alyssa, I don't know how to say her like Leo. Lenonen. yeah. Who is just on incredible things with Gourmando catering. An event. Yeah, she's yeah. Done incredible. You know, it's it's really incredible how she's been able to stay afloat during the pandemic. You know, the challenges. Um, there was a story that I watched on her. I think she was like on Mon- on you know Monday when we came into the office. By Wednesday, uh, things had totally changed and we had shut down. So um, just pivoting, I think, is a really big thing for a lot of people too. Yeah, we're taping this on March fifteenth, uh, and uh, literally three years ago on the fifteenth of March, we went from. 865 employees to nine overnight and uh it's oh. we were 
I had a little cheers to getting out of the pandemic at our dinner last night. So uh, women in the industry, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been discussed uh, over the last five, ten years about the, sometimes the trauma that happens in the restaurant business, the old boys network. All the, the abuse. Huh? Abuse. Abuse. Uh, mm-hmm. All of those things. Are, are we starting to come out the other end of that? Not that, uh, not that that didn't happen, but as far as coming to solutions, do you think? I think we're definitely going to be talking about that. You know, I think that so many people share experiences no matter what industry they are in. But certainly that will be a topic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I actually haven't heard from everyone yet to hear how they feel about, you know, kind of moving forward, some um, actionable change and solutions. I would love to hear your thoughts on it, Tom. Um, You know, but just in general, I think a lot of people are saying, how they've come up and how they've managed to succeed and despite so many, so many challenges. Uh, well, I think, I think we have definitely, prog- in our industry, I think we have progressed. Mm-hmm. I know in my, uh, what, 40 years of cooking or whatever, since I've been in this industry, we have definitely progressed. And thank God there's been... We as in men or the industry? The industry. Okay. Uh, men, men in general. I'm a man, so I'm going to yeah. speak on the men so basis. But I, I think that you know, we are much more aware today and we're much more open to talk about things that we never talked about when I was younger. You know, bef- when I was younger, you just, that was just the way it was. Today, we don't accept that kind of behavior just because that's the way it was. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, the big change is we're putting it on the table and at least bring it out to the forefront. And we also don't allow, as leaders, we don't allow the same behavior for more people than we used to allow. You know, when I was younger, that was allowed. Now it's not allowed trash anymore. Trash talking. I mean, a lot of the... Anything. Yeah, trash yeah. talking, abuse, Sexist, physical, yeah. mental, whatever yeah. it was, that was allowed. And that was gone. That was just looked upon. Well, it was done to me, so I guess I can do it to someone else. That stuff doesn't fly anymore. I think we're getting think- more and more aware. And, and just because people are talking about it, it brings it up to the forefront. And therefore, people expect changes. Yeah, and I think, you know, also there's just so much solidarity and people have to have not only like ask for space, but then also get space from their coworkers and coworkers have to make space. I think that's all really important. I think another big topic that we're going to be talking about is just equity in general. You know, how do we get equity across the board? Um, How do we grow as human beings and be in different seasons in our lives and still do the work that we really love. I think that's a challenge for women, especially when you think about how these last three years have been because of the pandemic. A lot yeah. of people had to take major steps back. Well, Pamela was uh, our CEO for close to 15 years at our company, and I know I learned a ton from her, you know, just stupid stuff that I was doing that I never really thought twice about. You know, nothing physical as far as, you know, like some of these things that you hear about. The touching, the groping, you know, nothing like that. But certainly verbally, I, I, I would just say stuff, stupid stuff and not even think about it. Uh, what did you find in your 15 years with us in, in our industry? Well, uh, the company's made up of a lot of thoughtful people. So we all learn from each other to recognize and respect each person's contribution. You have to be a good listener and attentive mm-hmm. uh, to who you're speaking so we grew a lot. Yeah, we did. I, yeah. I, I, I think the biggest lesson I took away, especially um, in being a good leader, is meeting people where they're at. And that was uh, that's not necessarily gender related, but it's also, um, 
equity related, you know, as far as understanding why is this guy late for work three times and, you know, we have to write him up or he's going to get fired or something. Then you, you kind of dig in and, you know, he's got three bus transfers that are unreliable and he's, he's doing the best he can. He's making, you know, $18 an hour. And you just have to understand a little bit about where people are coming from and what their situation is. And that, I think, Pamela helped me a ton to... To, to get, to get to, a place to yeah. get to. You know what I think, too, that I think we'll find, I mean, just being in a space in Seattle. Seattle is such a great place to really learn from each other. I mean, I always feel like it's like you live a DEI lifestyle in Seattle, you know. So people do recognize that there are challenges and things that we have to overcome. The one thing that I always loved about Seattle is that people are willing to work towards solutions. And um, and listen, and I just really love that about about the city and about the the whole vibe. <laughs> so right. I I feel like we're going to have some good solutions when we come out of the panel too. All right, that's on March twenty third at the W Hotel. It's all about listening, learning, connecting with female bosses in Seattle's food and beverage industries. And Michelle Lee is going to be the moderator. Look forward to it, Michelle. Thank yeah. you. Look forward to coming back. Yes. Best of luck. <laughs> best of luck in Memphis. I can't wait to see you right in on a Clydesdale. <laughs> yeah, I already have. This is a big Budweiser. All right. Uh, up next, Costco's quick, quick and easy videos with Jane Shucklin on Cairo Radio. It's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. Welcome back to the Hot Stove Society Show. Woohoo! Uh, everyone is eating a delicious uh, blueberry muffin from Costco this morning. Thank you for sharing the wealth that is Costco in our neighborhood. Well, you're very welcome. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, I would have brought a French pastry because I knew I was going to be meeting you. But what'd you think of that muffin? I uh, I don't know. It's he ate the whole thing. It's it. all gone. Yeah. I ate the whole thing. It's it's a you know, Chef Terry. If you want something good, to you have to pay him. He he won't. He's a show. For, you know. Yeah, if you pay me, I'll eat anything. <laughs> is what Tom except is saying. for McDonald's. Uh, that's true. I won't. I won't go there. I won't. <laughs> I'm with him. I'm with. I don't him. have. To We're happy there. to have J- Jane Shucklin here, the creative and business development manager with Costco's Quick and Easy Videos. Uh, she's going to be here for two segments. Uh, these videos are a super handy source of inspiration for getting meals on the table. So, you know, we all know that Costco has been around now for, what, 40 years? Yeah, yeah. well, a little bit longer if you kind of take the, if you take price, the price club equation yeah, the, in yeah. there. That's right. Yeah. About 46 years. Uh-huh. And wow. it's been interesting to watch it morph and not morph over the years, right? Uh, you've been there. I remember talking to you at class the other day. 39 years. 39 years, almost Whoa. since the beginning. Wow. Congratulations. It's hard to believe when I'm only 45 years old. I know. Old. Yeah. yeah, you I just know, know. Yeah. Like right Well, that's how Costco hospital. got started. It was all child labor. So. Well, and today they couldn't do that. But years ago, it was permissible, right? No. Uh, so immediately Costco's fame was in hot dogs, right? You get the cheap hot dog with the pop and... and um, all we that. never say cheap. We say inexpensive. inexpensive. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yes, our dollar fifty always and forever. Right. And you know, for me, I, I've watched Costco because I knew Jeff and Jim and played golf with them and stuff like that. But when you hear the stories on the side as you're golfing, that's one of the great things about golf is that it's an, it's a leveling field out there. You start to deal with guys that are billionaires and the guys like me, right? So, but you all uh, enjoy the company. Costco is such. 
an organic, true beast to itself, is what I always was amazed. Jeff Brotman, who was the president at the time, always said everything was about the members. He never wavered on the golf course. There was never any tongue-in-cheek. There was nothing. They were dedicated to the members. And I, I was just always amazed by how true that was. And it still is. I mean, we're all about the member. Anything that we can do to have a great member experience is really what we do. Mm -hmm. They're always right. They really are always right. There are, there are, come on now, right? There are soul and heart and blood. And so awesome. And you've stuck to that mantra, but as you've gotten bigger and um, older, you've morphed into these areas of expertise, I'll call them, uh, that are amazing from a food perspective. Number one, you're the biggest wine wholesaler in the world or retailer in the world right now. Correct. Uh, you, the, your bakery program is, you know, the size of a football field. It's crazy. Uh, you're still selling a dollar and a half uh, hot dogs. That's right. And, uh, and the roasted you, chicken. Oh, the and, roasted chicken. You can't beat the roasted chicken, right? Well, I, I personally would wish they wouldn't pump it up with so much stuff. <laughs> personally. You know, I like a little bit more I'm organic, you, plain chicken. I'm yeah. with you. But the roast is $5 for like a five-pound. Right. It's not five pounds, but it's darn close. It's darn close. Yeah. And it's got a seasoning blend is what I'm saying. It's nothing terrible. I'm just saying I prefer it without the seasoning blend. But how do you figure Costco has been able to maintain this singular focus of members and then and changing? I feel like you've changed over into this Kirkland brand where those brands are considered just as quality as any sort of consumer brand well if you looked at by any chance did anybody watch snl the other night Uh -uh. okay well snl did a little segment of jamie lee curtis and they're she's walking the red carpet and they ask her what are you wearing and she says kirkland by costco Uh so you know you made it when you're on (laughs) snl right yes wow our kirkland signature brand really is it's near and dear to everybody's Uh heart including our heart Uh and really when you look at it for the price you cannot beat it. Yeah. I mean, the quality is there. The, uh-huh. the features are there. Our buyers are so astute in how to put together these products that they're just fabulous. You can't beat the price point and mm-hmm. the quality. You just can't. Right. Chef, have, did you ever take a stroll through Costco? Yes, and it's uh, usually to go get a nice chest or something of that nature that uh-huh. I need. And uh, what do you fill it with when you're there? <laughs> no, because that's the key, right? My last experience was I went there with somebody who was working with me. I didn't find the cooler I wanted. I was looking for a specific cooler to do a cater out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, okay, well, it's not here. Let's go. And I swear to God, she said, what do you mean, let's go? We got to go through the store. And I said, it's, it's what do you mean we have to go through the store? I said, I came here for a nice chest. I didn't come here to buy Costco. And she's like, but you can't live without going through. I mean, look at all those deals. And I go, but I don't need anything. <laughs> and anyway, she, she was like completely dumbfounded that I would actually go to Costco for one thing, not find it, and get out. Well, you know what we used to say about people that did that? At our <laughs> we don't want them as members. <laughs> at our shareholders meeting, the question would always come up, when are you going to put in an express lane? I only want one thing. Right. Yeah. And Jim Sinegal would, he would have that expression on his face that said, we don't want you to buy one thing. No, we course, want you course. to have that treasure hunt experience. I understand right. that. And I'm, I'm a guy shopping. I'm like going in for one item and I come No, you're Chef Terry. You're Chef Terry. You're not a regular guy. Most not people, a regular guy. Most people would go to Costco and not walk in. for Number one, they wouldn't walk in for one thing. 
And number two, they would never come out with nothing. Okay, well, I was told it was good cooler at Costco, so I went to Costco. <laughs> I mean, we want you to have the cooler and the TV and that rotisserie yeah, chicken. Yeah, exactly. Like, but I don't need exactly. <laughs> that. You know what? I'm going to take you. I will tour you through oh that Oh, my Costco. God. Here we go. Filled with cases but, of beer. But I must say, you know, you're right. I've had clothes from Costco. I've had... Uh, what else have I done from Costco? I don't know. Maybe I'm a Costco fan. I've, I've been a big supporter I think it's a, of I, I love the idea. Thing. My favorite thing yeah. at Costco is the rack of lamb. Okay, I, I'm with you. Yeah, and I keep them in my freezer for a quick meal. You can cook them from frozen. You just take the plastic off and you pants them rock hard frozen. Oh, I'm glad you Still, mentioned the plastic to take it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, you just cook them to the temperature that you want them cooked. You cook right, that a little so, bit lower temperature. Okay. Uh, so that if it's rock hard solid. But you can also let it... It thaws out in a couple hours, and so, yeah. Do you ever walk out with just one thing? Never. Okay. Never. We love you. Yeah, exactly. And I have no intention of walking out. I, look, I go there for the exact purpose you call it a treasure hunt, because that's exactly what I'm like, ah, oh, I'll buy a bottle of wine. You know, Pam's husband owns a wine shop, but yet I'll still buy a bottle at Costco. If well, it's you can't that, beat the price, right? Oh, it's not about the price the so selection. much. It's, it's just the joy of consumerism. That's, I'm, that's a, I'm a good shopper. Uh, yeah, I'm a good shopper, too. I mean, I'm, I've been to Costco Chef, many times. Chef, you just said you walked into Costco well, and I you did. walked that out empty-handed. Right. I was trying to give the last time I was at Costco. That didn't work out so well for me because I wasn't there. And, uh, you know, I just walked out. But my whole story was more based on the lady that was with me asking me, you can't leave like that. And yeah. I was like, what do you mean I can't leave like that? Weren't <laughs> you fascinated, like, when you walk by and see a bag of, a bag of a thousand dumplings? Oh, I'm always fascinating when I go to Costco. Who buys six toothbrush? I don't know. I, Families. I you do? Yeah. But Lots. where do you use them? I mean, I don't go through toothbrush that fast, Every and I brush month, my teeth twice a day. It. You can change it right out because the, our six toothbrushes are the same as buying two somewhere else, right? So there you go. They're for your guests. There, You just change them out. Okay. Yeah. That's good. There you go. See, See Chef? I didn't figure that out. See, there's, okay. there's, there's a I method to, to our madness. I need somebody to explain to me why. Well, that's why we're going to Because I don't have a problem buying it. I just, I'm always like, I, I don't have, what am I going to do with six toothbrush? Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, 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 no. We're going to go. I'm going to show you the Costco warehouse. Okay. And then we're going to, I'm going to treat you to a hot dog. Uh, you know what? You I'm go. in. I'm, yeah, I'm jumping go. in on that tour. Right. She's yeah, never yeah. been to Costco. I, All right. I, but I want to do a commercial for the Kirkland brand because I've had the honor of meeting a gentleman that did a lot of the sourcing for your olive oil for the Kirkland brand. That's a great story, our olive it, oil. It's a great story. And he was one of the first people in America to question the amount of available extra virgin olive oil from Italy because he did the math on how many trees there were and that <laughs> led him down the path of saying there's a lot of falsely labeled oil in the world and I'm going to get to the bottom of it and make sure that the Kirkland brand is authentic extra virgin Tuscan olive oil. And That's really one of like, our signature stories. Yeah. Is, yeah. I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so it just... It, I have so much respect for the sourcing that your company does for Kirkland. Keep it up! Well, our buyers are brilliant. They really are quite brilliant. And they really look for the best price, the best value, and the best features. We may not always be the cheapest, but when you look at the quality and the features... That's really what you want to, when you're, when you're price shopping, you really want to take that into consideration. Pamela used to be a cheesemonger at De Laurentiis and uh, is amazed that I buy my Reggiano Strovecchio Reggiano Parmesan 
from Costco. I, I but keep, I'm jealous of I the keep size six wedges pieces. in my fridge. I know. <laughs> you know the, the, biggest okay. bio, the biggest bio of Conte cheese as well. Yeah. On uh, our next segment, we're going to talk to Jane about her videos that she's doing to help make your life easier in the kitchen. And, you know, it's kind of like all recipes. Like, which ones are the most watched videos? I'm so curious. On Cairo Radio, it's the Hot Stove Society Show. Then come 3 a.m. a 60-pound bag of dog food and the cutest doggy bed. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't faze me. We don't have a doggy yet. But it was so cute. I'm a Costco queen. I'm a Costco queen. Don't have to show my card. They know my name by heart. Two thirds cups of flour. A teaspoonful of salt. A quarter pound of butter. Add an egg and blend it up. Two squares We're back with Jane Shucklin here in the Hot Stove Kitchen on Cairo Radio. She's the creative and business development manager with Costco's Quick and Easy Videos for two segments. Uh, and these are handy sources of inspiration. Like when you go into Costco and you buy a pack of four steaks or whatever, but you're just two of you, three are going to go in the freezer, and then you just want to know, okay, i got to use these up. What am I going to do that it's not exactly the same? Your videos kind of go down that path. Yeah, they do. You know, it's one of the reasons we started the program. Was about eight years ago, we saw a lot of videos hitting my Facebook, right, mm-hmm. on how to prepare food. And I thought, gee, you know what? We can do this. Plus, we have a store or a warehouse that you can go in and you can buy it. And the most common complaint was, what do we do with your sizes? We don't know what to do. So we thought we'd show them. Right. So we did it as a test program for about a year. And actually, I've got my chef here, Elaine. Hey. She's sitting right here. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Elaine. Welcome. Go ahead and wave. In case you throw me a curveball. Uh, you have a lifeline, yeah. Yeah, I've got, I, I, really, I can like, call right Small. into the audience. Smart, right? Small. So she's been wonderful. She's been with us since the onset. But we really wanted to tell people, what do you do with our sizes? When you're buying a big flat of peaches, right. what do you do with them? So our mission was quick easy and unique. So Elaine puts a spin on everything. So it's not typically your recipe that you may find out there on the internet. And she does a great job. Mm -hmm. And so people tune into us on all of our social media platforms, our Facebook, our Instagram, our YouTube, our Pinterest. Plus we have a landing page on Costco.com where they can find us. And a new video will post every Thursday, sometimes a couple during the week. And we try to be seasonal for everybody, depending what's going into the Costco warehouse. And that's kind of how we do it. And so does, can people send their own videos of what they've accomplished with some of your products? They certainly could respond to and our we, Facebook. And we need a hot dog? And the hot dog, absolutely. And you I mean, know, that's a good contest. That's a great contest. What do you do with a Costco hot dog? I love that, actually. No, no, but what do you do with your stuff and get a hot dog for oh, free? Oh, and get a hot dog for free. I was free. trying to get the hot dog for They're free. They're only a buck fifty. Don't be so cheap, Sean. I'm, and I'm you know going to buy you, you have, that hot dog. That's not the point. The point is to win something. I know. It is to win something. You know, years and years ago, we did a cookbook. We did it for I like, know, I was you in remember it. remember that? You yeah. were in it. You yeah. did a forward. I remember that. We did it for 13 years, and we gave them away. We gave a million, a million and a half away post- Thanksgiving weekend, and people loved the cookbook. And we did have members in there sending in their recipes, but we haven't really done that yet with Quick and Easy. But maybe 
Beginning an idea. An idea. Go again. Yeah, yeah. I'm with him. So you're, what are the most popular? When you look at all recipes.com, which was kind of the, sort of the original recipe online site or, mm-hmm. or close to it. Epicurious, I think, maybe was. But they rank their recipes by the popularity. Okay. And to this day, I think mac and cheese is still the most popular recipe people look up. What about for you guys? What, what do people well, want to know? We've done some mac and cheese Fried balls that mm. Elaine did, which were quite wonderful. Fried you know what? balls? Wait, wait, they what? were fried mac and cheese balls. Yeah, they were. Oh, oh balls. 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 Yeah. I see. Delicious. Yeah. Yeah, like, a, like a popcorn ball. Like a popcorn ball. And we oh. actually kind of put it in a cone, kind of look like that. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I mean, we've done stuff like that. Most popular, you know, people love anything to do with drinks, whether they're cocktail or mocktail. Those are really? always really, they love it. Smoothies, drinks, they love that kind of I stuff. I wouldn't have thought of that. They oh. love desserts. You know, I just did, this is funny, I just did a recipe with emergency, you know, the vitamin C stuff, and we put it in a smoothie. We hit over a million views, like, right away. Wow. So, people love pork. Pork Uh has been really, anything with pork, they love pork. A million right off, right out of the Uh gate. They love our salmon. We do a lot of salmon right out of the gate, a million. We have yeah. no problem getting a million views on our Facebook on most of our recipes. We've become really a destination site for people to want to know what to do with the food. Okay. Let's go back to pork for a second. Do you, uh, do you recollect what the, what well, the preparation was that people were yeah, so excited yeah. about? Yeah, we did a pork tenderloin with a, uh, uh, an, uh, a red orange blood, a blood orange oh, nice. glaze. Yeah. It was delicious. Elaine, anything else on pork that rings a bell? Oh, pork oh the pork carnitas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so pork has always been really popular yeah. for us. Now, that's, a, it's like, that's exactly to my point, the pork carnitas are things that I might treasure hunt at Costco. All of a sudden, you're going down the aisle of prepared food, and there's a a tray that's got about four pounds of pork carnitas in it for about 10 bucks. And so that's the kind of thing I would pick up and take home. It's like, is it really good? Is it really worth it? And then they're delicious. Delicious. Uh, Yeah, and the hard thing about carnitas is that most places won't put the fat in that you need to pan fry it and get it crispy like a carnitas is supposed to be because everyone's so lean conscious but it was i thought a very authentic product well some of the other things we do i'm glad you said that is sometimes we'll use our kits we have salad kits and we have all kinds of stuff and we'll do a really great spin on what can else can you do with a salad kit versus a salad Mm -hmm. so elaine has done fried rice and she's done soups and she's done all kinds of stuff with our salad kits so again unique ways of using costco product that you wouldn't necessarily think about we made a date Ice cream, mm-hmm. soft serve ice cream, 2.2 million views on that. Mm. People went nuts. Now, I don't know if I'm going to particularly go make a soft serve date ice cream. It was mm-hmm. delicious, mm-hmm. but people went crazy for it. So those are some of the spins that You know, maybe do. if you didn't sell your salad in 10-pound bags, that people wouldn't have to make soup out of it. <laughs> it was good, Tom. I know, really I'm sure good. it was delicious. It is, you do have to be but careful. I think it's very, it's very up to today to think about more than one way to use a product because right. most people at home, that's where their biggest handicap comes from. They buy two pounds of carrots, they use one, and then they go, what do I do with the rest? That's right. You know, and that's the number one, I think, number one question on anybody who cooks at home. You know, and, and chefs have this advantage of having gone through this motion for a few years, you know, 10, 20, 30 years of using byproduct or by, by using Yeah, we'll product. go into the walk-in. What yeah, can you make? I mean, yeah. we, we, we start with zero, go in and use what's in the fridge as opposed to buy something 
that's too big to do what you're going to do, and then you get leftovers, and you go, what do I do with a half an onion and a half a carrot and whatever? And that's kind of the trend right now, going in your pantry and just looking and being creative as to what can you use in bits and pieces and making your, your meal. Right. I'm not that kind of cook. I look at my pantry. It can be full, and I'm like, I don't have anything in here I don't to have make, me. right? <laughs> so I'm on the quick and easy site all the time. No, I mean, there is definitely both worlds, but I think that it's definitely up to date to be using byproduct of anything you get. So. And you're right. And we're all trying to be more sustainable, right? Yeah. And you don't want to throw it into well, the compost. Well, you're spending more and more money on right. food, which, as it should be, food should be expensive, not cheap. There's no, nothing good that comes out of cheap. Okay. But I think good food and use it all. I'm with you. Jane, I'm going to make a quick and easy video of you and Thierry walking through Costco. <laughs> and how do you get a snooty chef to... What do you want me to have them buy? Well, brisket takes long. I always buy the prime brisket and the rack Let me of choose. I'll choose what I'm buying. You couldn't choose. You walked out with nothing. Yeah, you, you walked out choose. with a no, cooler. I didn't Jane's going to buy choose. anything. I'm taking the video, and we're going to have a good time with this. Can you give this. me some, some cheat notes on what I should like, no, what yeah. aisles I should yeah. steer you to? <laughs> when we come back in our second hour, we've got the Spice Walla folks. We've got uh, Tasty Trivia, Riesling Rabbit, all sorts of things when we come back on Cairo Radio. It's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. All right, we're back, and we are so excited. We're, we're celebrating the fifth anniversary with um, the Spice Walla founders and owners. And I want yes. you to introduce yourself so that your names are properly pronounced, <laughs> not with my New England Yankee accent. I'm Akanksha. And your last name? Sinha. Beautiful. Also a social worker, I just learned. Absolutely. Saving Always. the world. <laughs> Desperately needed right now. <laughs> Being and, needed for a while now. Yeah. And your handsome husband? I'm Otam Mukherjee. Wonderful. Welcome. Ooh, I'm glad you said your name because I was going to say Utam. <laughs> so I'm glad you said your name. So we're, we're so pleased to have you and so excited for what you bring to the culinary scene in Seattle. Thank you. You call it authentic Indian street food. Yes. Tell us more. We serve, just like you just mentioned, authentic Indian street food from two locations. Um, one is in Capitol Hill and the other one's in Ballard. And we proudly represent food from Delhi and Calcutta. Wow. And is it food that you grew up eating? And did you learn it from your moms and your grandmas? Yes. A little bit of everything. So we grew up eat, uh, I grew up eating kati rolls in Calcutta, which is where it's from. Um, and so that people don't get confused, it is Kolkata now. It used to be called Calcutta when I was growing up. Um, and then Akanksha grew up eating chaat from Delhi. So that's why we have two types of food on the menu, kati rolls. We have four different proteins in the kati rolls. And then we have five types of chaat. So we kind of bring in flavors from both. But when we were first starting out, we were calling our... Um, 
parents, but our mothers mostly, and asking them for recipes about different things. So like the cilantro chutney, for example, I remember having a panic moment in the commissary kitchen and saying, call your mother, ask her what's happening. Why is this not coming out the way I want it to? So. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't, isn't that funny, those wake-up call in life when you go, I've seen my mom do this a thousand times, I'm making it, and you go, why is this not coming Exactly. Up? Like it's supposed to. Exactly. It looked so easy when they were doing it. Right. But then it's like, oh my God, this is so complicated. And then your mother goes, you did what? Exactly. And you're like, that's what you did. And you're like, no. <laughs> I also feel like our parents have a knack of missing ingredients purposely. So that oh, we sure. can figure it out ourselves. So... That's also fine. Or they don't want to give the family recipe away. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, oh, we Has forgot salt. And like, ah, oh, there should be salt in this. Well, let's dig in on the kati rolls yes. a little bit. Could you uh, explain them in more yeah. depth? So kati, the word kati is actually a wooden skewer. And so in the olden days, they used to dip the wooden skewer into water and then you put protein, put meat on it, really, and then grill that over charcoal fire. And so that's how the kati rolls came about. So if you go to Kolkata, they have a multi-layered flat, flatbread called a lacha paratha, which they use to uh, wrap around the proteins. And then if you go to Delhi, they have a thinner romali roti, which is romali means napkin. So it's a really thin uh, bread. So we actually went in the middle of those two and we did a, sm- a thin roti. We, the romali roti was a little bit too chewy for us and the paratha was a little bit too thick for us. So we really wanted the proteins to shine. Uh, so that's, what, that's where kati rolls originate from. And we have a lamb version, a chicken version, a potato version, and then a paneer version. And then the paneer, uh, which is cheese, uh, we make from scratch in the restaurant every day. Wow. And our lucky in live audience is enjoying the yes. lamb and the paneer. Yes, exactly. Wow. And I see some happy smiles. How is it? <laughs> wow. So that's one half of the menu. Yes. And then the chats is the other side of the menu, which is mostly inspired from Delhi street food. And chat essentially means to lick um, or to taste. And so you're just taking a little bite of everything. And chaat is um, a lot of complex flavors that is put into one. So in one bite, um, you can get something that's sweet, that's savory, that's tangy, that's chilly. Um, and then it's just a mouthful of complex flavors um, in it. So for our menu, we have five different options of chats. So we have one, which is our take on fries. We have it with our house spice. Then we have something called bhelpuri, which is puffed rice, um, chickpeas, lentils, and peanuts. That's all mixed into a tamarind oh, chutney. Wow. Um, the papri chips that you have, the, uh, the papri chat, which is nachos chips, um, boiled potatoes, chickpeas, topped with yogurt, um, cilantro chutney, tamarind chutney, and then some chickpea shavings. And then an alu tikki chat, which is a fried potato patty, uh, again with yogurt, tamarind chutney, um, cilantro chutney and some chickpea shavings and pomegranates. I just found some new Super Bowl uh, food. There you eat. go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've been trying to convince this people for so a while good. now. Uh, we just had the Oscars. That would have been fabulous during the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just looks like a party on a plate. Yeah, with the different textures. I mean, this and is flavors. a great poo poo kind of platter thing. You know, it's like yeah. Chat, chat, chat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Going all the way. <laughs> so how do, yeah. pe- do people eat it as an appetizer or as their main 
it meal can be or both. Is it a snack? Yeah. It can be both. Like I grew up eating when we were going to college back in <laughs> Delhi. We used to have this as a meal also. So for lunch, uh, so a lot of people, customers come in and they can have a light lunch or um, as a snack on the side also. Yeah, we have a chana chaat uh, also, which is a chickpea salad, a cold chickpea salad, and that's a full meal. It's it's heavy, but it, it in terms of like it will it will stay with you for hours, but it's also very light and refreshing and very tangy and spicy and those kind of things. So it's up to you what you want to do: breakfast, lunch, dinner. Really up but, to you. But I like I really like this chat chat. I think this is gonna pick up crazy because well, this is yeah. this so. is exactly what I mean. Americans love snacks. Yeah, yeah. we love to eat yeah. at any time. All the time, but not a lot, just a lot of different things. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is perfect for that kind of behavior. Thank so you. So this is cool. And Thank it you. has Happy the hour. adorable <laughs> little card that you made yes. that tells people how to enjoy it and put it together. Yeah. Exactly. We, we put that in because a lot of people would come back and they said, oh, we dipped our one of the nachos in this in the uh, the yogurt and really enjoyed it. And like, okay, not many people are familiar with what to do with it. So we came up with the card just to explain to people when they're doing it to go, um, how to make the chat on their own. Nice. Yeah. All right. So when we come back, we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Spice Walla, the whole. I mean, you guys created some monster here. This is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> a, good monster, a, good monster. a good monster. A good monster. A green monster. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll get back to you in just in a minute here on Carol 97.3 FM. in the kitchen at the Hot Stuff Society radio show here at the uh, Hotel Andra, marvelous place to stay in if you are coming downtown and want to do an overnight, great, great place to do a staycation. And we're continuing with uh, Spice Walla, the two beautiful people who started that. And again, your name? Otam. Otam? Akansha. Akansha. That's an easy one to say. <laughs> Akansha. Okay, I got it. Uh, thank you for being with us. Of course. Appreciate thank you that. for having us. And uh, prior we were talking about the food. Now we're going to talk about, first we're going to talk about the lassi that you have here, which is to me more like a mango puree than the lassi. <laughs> I mean, I, the yogurt, I can f- taste it obviously, yes. but this is really, really delicious. Definitely thank- mango-y. Yes. Thank you. I mean, we pride India with having the most delicious mangoes, so we needed to make sure that it is on the menu. So those are from <laughs> India? Yes. yes. The mango pulp is from India. Beautiful. Nice. Very tasty. So you started this... Uh, is this a non-profit or is it a... No. Profit? We, have a, we have a non-profit portion of the business, but okay. it's a for-profit business. Got it. And um, it's called Spice Water. And you started, you were on the show two years ago, and you were just barely started, right? Yeah, so... How is it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we started... We we started in the South Lake Union market five years ago, and then we opened our first location in April of 2019 in Capitol Hill. And then we were lucky enough to open our second location in Ballard in uh, January of 2021. Um, it's been going very well. I I've, We don't know a pre-COVID or post-COVID world, really. Like We've been operating in 
COVID uh, right. conditions the whole time. Um, but I think we were very lucky because we, when starting the restaurant in April 2019, uh, we weren't very heavily staffed or anything like that going into COVID. So I think that was very fortunate for us because we didn't have to lay anyone off, cut any hours or anything like that. So I think from that standpoint, we were lucky. Um, our food's geared towards delivery and takeout. So from that standpoint also, we were very lucky. And I think... Uh, yeah, you were set up yeah. to be able to accommodate. Exactly. We didn't have to change anything really, right? Mm-hmm. Like all of our food is readily packaged and those kind of things. And then I think it's been a very interesting journey to see how the Seattle customers are discovering Indian street food with us. And so, you know, we constantly get new customers and every time uh, they they come in, they'll kind of be, you know, awed by the food because they've never tasted anything like it because there's not a lot of options here in Seattle like it or actually in the country necessarily. Um, so, yeah, it's been a very interesting five years for sure. Yeah, I mean, we, we do have a lot of uh, people from India working yes. in Seattle, yes. <clears throat> living in Seattle, yeah. been more American than Indian, some of them, for quite some time now. And I'm always amazed how, yeah, it is true. It's not, there is not as many good options for Indian food as you would think. No, and if very stereotypical food, I feel like it's mostly around like you'll hear mostly the heavy curries or sit down or fancier restaurants that are there, but right. you're missing a massive part of <clears throat> Indian food, which is street food. And if you go to India, every corner you'll see street food there, and people of all different income levels just eating and enjoying it. I love the truck stop. Yep, best and food ever. Exactly, and it's delicious food yeah. and nutritious also. So I feel like when we started, we were deciding like. Okay, which way do we go and this is something that's very very close to our heart because we do have a social justice mission in our restaurant and making sure that it is affordable and it is community oriented so that way we were able to showcase Indian flavors things that are very very complex and then also stay with something that's affordable and community centered. In that same room you've been feeding people who can afford to buy food correct? Yes. Yes. How does that work? So we have uh, the nonprofit arm that Utam was talking about earlier. It's called Bhojan, which essentially means meal or feast. And we started this. We've always been donating towards nonprofits and partnering with them before we opened the restaurant also from our market days. But when COVID hit, um, we started partnering with uh, Mary's Place and then Community Lunch Down in Capitol Hill um, to provide 200 meals per week. So we're up to about 40,000 meals wow. um, as of right now. And uh, there's still a need that it has been there since the pandemic and even before. Um, so every week on Tuesdays, Utam and I go into the kitchen and cook uh, vegan meals that are nutritious, following all nutrition standards. And then our community partners come and pick them up for um, the people who are food insecure. Bravo to you. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Thank you. Please. That's, it's very sensitive to open a business today and think about that first. That's very cool. I think Akanksha is being a little bit shy because one of the reasons why we started this business with the social justice aspect is because Akanksha is a PhD in social work. And so when we started it, we wanted to make sure that both of our passions were closely intertwined in the business. So right from the start, like our business model and everything had this built in to make sure that we could afford to do this. And we found amazing partners um, who help us distribute the food 
And we've got amazing customers who constantly donate to the program. And then the Good Food Kitchen program also donates towards the program. So we're hoping that we just don't ever have to stop because as we grow, I think there'll be more more pockets of people that we can find that will have this need. Right. Yeah, the, the, the need is there, no yeah. doubt. The, de- the need keeps on growing, mm-hmm. and unfortunately and sadly. Yeah. But uh, it's great to have people like you getting around and fi- figuring out solutions and you should do seminars on other restaurants on figuring it out yeah. how to oh, yeah. do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, many people don't do it because they are afraid of, you know, they just don't know how. Yeah. So it's a, it's a book to write. I mean, I think even, even much more simply, honestly, we, we don't reject anyone that comes to the restaurant also. So, like, we've got a lot of um, unhoused people that walk into our Capitol Hill and our Ballard location, and we give them a chicken roll and, you know. No questions s- asked. No questions asked. And they usually just come to the counter and say, do you have anything that I can eat? And then, you know, we've had some very heartwarming stories where the next day they've come back and said, that's the first meal I've had in weeks and thank you so much. And even just uh, on Tuesday this week, someone came in and said the same thing. So I think that's the very basics that some restaurants can do um, in Seattle. And then, you know, our program is just a little bit more involved than that. But, you know. So tell us again where the restaurants are located, and the name of the restaurant is Spice Walla. Yep, name of the restaurant is Spice Walla, and we have two locations, one in Capitol Hill where? on 15th Avenue, and then the other one is in Ballard on 56th. And if anybody wants to help, they can volunteer and come and cook with you on the you day can, where you are... You can donate. On, you can donate? You can donate, so you can donate on our website. We have an option of donating. If you're buying a meal, you can donate there or come into the restaurant and donate um, towards Pojan. And 100% of those donations go towards just the food cost. Like, we're not paying for any overheads, people, anything like that. It's going straight to the food. So um, I think it's $2.50 per meal. Um, so wow. if you want to donate $5, that's two meals that you've paid for. Well, congratulations on the well-done job and on the beautiful growth. And we look forward to seeing you another three years and see where you're going. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Face of the New York Times. <laughs> one day. One day. You're going to get there. I have a feeling. Your heart's in the right place. Congratulations and thank you again for coming on. Thank, thank you for having us. It. Thank you. All right. Coming up next, our palpable excitement for spring vegetable and a recipe we love. Recipe we love. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, all about, it's all about what Pam likes around here. <laughs> yeah. All right, coming up next on 97.3 FM, Cairo. We are back in the Hot Stove Society on Cairo Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk some Riesling Rabbit. You know, Chef uh, Pamela, who writes our show sheet, our producer, wrote in my notes here that I wrote this recipe 20 years ago. And there's a couple inaccuracies to this. <laughs> it wasn't a rabbit. What a surprise. What it, was, a surprise. it wasn't a rabbit. It was a wild boar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I used Merlot, not Riesling. <laughs> exactly. So the, what's the title of the recipe? <laughs> 
The title of the recipe is Riesling Rabbit with New Potato and Spring Vegetables. Spring Vegetables. And so I think conceptually the idea is that we're going to talk about how to make, it's still winter, right? It's still a cool beginning of spring. How to make a spring braise that isn't necessarily heavy like pot roast or reduce like you know how you always reduce sauces at uh, rovers and places where you take the, the the broth and you reduce it to a syrup this is just more of celebrating the brightness and lightness of spring yep. so the inaccuracies of pamela's show sheet are <laughs> one <laughs> is uh, that she said i wrote it 20 years ago which in fact i never wrote this recipe uh-oh uh, <laughs> is there plagiarism it's not plagiarism. It, it was a recipe we served at the restaurants. But Matt Costello, this is a Matt oh, Costello recipe. Oh, I love that guy. He's still chefing, I believe, up on uh, Whidbey Island in, 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 in it Langley, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course, of course. Yeah, I yes. believe he's still there. And uh, he was the inspiration behind this recipe. And this book, my first book, is now 25 years old. Congratulations. Not 20 years old. <laughs> and it's in its 15th printing. How about wow. that, huh? How I still that? use it. I mean, Alice Waters says 15 printings in a year, but in 25 years, I'm catching up to her 15 first. 15 printing is pretty good, sir. It's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. It's not bad. Oh. Pretty good. Before we go on to the rabbit, I've been meaning. And, and before we go on to that, you know what 15th printing makes? Yeah. First edition's that much more valuable. I'm just ah. saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, the other recipe that I always make from here is the crab salad with the grapefruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and... I've made it twice recently, and it's the first time I ever supremed the grapefruit, and what a difference it makes. What did you do? I just put the whole, I just. Oh, 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 so, no. oh heathen. come on. You heathen. You're, I just never despicable thought. Despicable you. Yes. You know what's funny is you've what been in this. What a difference it makes. You've been in this business and around Chef for, for 30 years, and you just figured out to segment the grapefruit? <laughs> well, whatever. I was trying to be kind. Um, I just started doing it. And, so and what, it has changed my life. So here's the question. Life. The real question is, I mean, you know how to Supreme. You've known how to Supreme forever. So what guest did you finally feel was important enough to have to your house <laughs> that you would make the effort to Supreme your grapefruits? Bruce Miyahara. There it is. There it is. Bruce all right, is a all right, that's a good point. She would never do it for me, but Bruce comes over. I'm supreming. Yeah. So anyway, Riesling Rabbit. So, Chef, this recipe is kind of based on this idea that you take a nice uh, court bouillon or, or light chicken broth mm-hmm. or take your rabbit trim and make a little broth out of it, and you, you cook and braise the rabbit until it's almost fall off the bone sure. tender. Right. And then you pull the rabbit out, and you let it just kind of rest in a warm oven or under foil. I have a nice little warming area at my house that could just sit on top sure. of. You strain that broth. You know, it has the classic onions, carrots, celery, bay right. leaf, thyme, right. a little bit of this and that, juniper berries. You strain that and you let it reduce by half. So if you wanted to take that to a syrup, you could. So let's just say uh, you, have, you start with four cups of liquid. You reduce it by half to two cups. Now you've got kind of an enriched Correct. broth, right? right? More concentrated, of, yeah. It's just more concentrated. Yep. And you, the Riesling is in there. And you're just taking it down to this lovely little light springtime broth. And... You're cooking your potatoes, little, little new potatoes. That's your favorite potato, sure. right? Yeah, I love new potato. Yeah. <laughs> but I like them risole, but in this dish, that wouldn't work because you're doing a braise, so uh-huh. that wouldn't work. So you just Risole? What is that? Well, you would blanch, pop blanch, uh-huh. and then you saute them in duck fat oh, or, yeah. In, yeah. or in mm. butter. Or, you know. Yeah, there isn't a human alive that wouldn't like that. Exactly. <laughs> they might think they wouldn't because they heard duck fat, but if they sat down, yeah. they would melt. Once, once they realize the duck fat is just to cook it, not to eat it. Yeah. They would definitely love it. 
So then you, you could do that even yeah. in this dish. But the idea is you kind of compose a nice little entree bowl. So at least a, probably a one-inch well in sure. your bowl. You can't do it on a plate. An entree-sized bowl and just kind of layer it in there, right? You've got your cooked potatoes. Right now, Savoy cabbage is out. It's delicious. I love Gorgeous it. Gorgeous carrots. Pamela ate it at my house last night. Isn't that cabbage? I love the texture of it. I love everything about that cabbage. Yeah. Um, uh, the carrots... But I don't like little. I don't like little sliced carrots. I, I want a knob. Chunk. I want a chunk of carrot yeah. or parsnip or turnip or all this kind of stuff that uh, we're kind of coming to the end of the season on. But sure. has lived in your root cellar. Rutabaga beets. would work. Beets. No beets. Yes, beets. No beets, sir. Oh, beets. A good no bread. If you look at the beets. look at the cover of that book, there, I believe I wrote it. Yeah, I and know, it but it has no beets. Like in everything it. else, it had the no but, beet but red like, slash. But like everything else no in life, beets. it's okay and, to you make know, adjustment. But a, a delicious uh, ruby chard uh, greens would be uh-huh. nice in there, or even Spinach. the blanched ruby chard stems. Yeah, so many people throw away those delicious stems off their chard, and they're really good roasted. Absolutely, just like any roasted vegetable, really good. So anyway, so that's what the Riesling Rabbit is about. Is there another? So uh, to me, you could do that with a chicken, but you, how would you? No, approach to me, that? The, what I was going to say is, it's a one of the greatest memory of my childhood is my mom taking the pressure cooker, opening it and putting butter, a chunk of rabbits on Sunday morning, and coloring those chunk of rabbits. Muscadet, which is a dry white wine, same concept as the dry Riesling. Uh, garlic, lots of garlic, onions, carrots, and uh, thyme, lots of fresh thyme and bay leaf. And then covering, and potatoes, and then covering the whole thing. 25 minutes, you get a Rabbit that's cooked, then you let the pressure out, and you let it sit a little bit to rest, mm-hmm. and then you just have you just serve it just like that with the broth, with the broth, yeah. which is like a jus. By the time you know you, you start with the braising liquid, uh, by the time you're done, you know you're about halfway done. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like a heavy jus, right? You know, and and you you end up with that, and it's so delicious. I would perceive that you would have a hard time not reducing that further. I'm, I was like, <laughs> all of a sudden, you just went to a heavy. You do right. Now. You do. Yeah. You're right with that. Yeah. I'm often, most of the time, I feel like you know what? It's good, but you can make it gooder. <laughs> <laughs> with By another nugget, down, of just take it down a notch a little and bit more. And then put a big knob of butter in there. Yeah. yeah. I mean. You know, if it's not going to kill you, just have it. Yeah. Well, it's not unlike what we had for dinner last night in our kind of New England boiled dinner, although my mother would do her boiled cabbage dinner really in a brazier, and it would literally be a boiled dinner. And right. We had ours last night where there was a bit of broth left from the, from the baking and the stew of the meat, but not a lot. It's right. mostly and, duck and fat and butter. For that, to me, that's different. I wouldn't reduce that. I think that's fine. Right. It's, yeah. I don't need to reduce that. That's totally fine. But when it's... It, to me, it, the only reason I want to reduce more is just to acquire a little bit more strength on the, on the sauce at the I end. I get it, but you've got to stop it. You've got to stop it. I know. There are times where it's, it's a spring broth. If it's a boil, I'm not doing it. Yeah. But if it's a braise, mm-hmm. it's just going to go a little bit mm-hmm. longer. Just a little bit. Pam, this seems right up your alley, this kind of cooking. Exactly. The lighter sauce, the emphasis on more vegetables. It just, it's something I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And one thing you can do to the jus, if you have put half garlic clove in there, um, the whole head cut in half, mm-hmm. and you color it, and then you braise it, you can take it at the end <clears throat> and squeeze all the garlic out yeah. and blend the whole thing with the jus. Yeah. You have Not a nice me, little garlic. This is a spring. We're, it's called a spring yeah. rabbit braise. The things that are in my particular recipe, like pearl onions, everyone peels them in a different way, and people often don't buy them because they're a pain to peel. They are. But if you just drop them in like a... a 
strainer and into boiled water, boiling water, for about 20 seconds, and the peel comes off so much easier. You've probably had absolutely your minions doing that for you for years. No, I've, uh, I've, we've done it that way always mm -hmm. because it's the easiest way to do it. I mean, I've done it where you didn't put it in boiling water. Some people go, oh, you put it. It's like 10 seconds in boiling water, yeah. the peel comes out like that. Yeah, exactly. Do so. you slit it so that you've got it? No. No, no, no. You, not no, like, no. No, no. And the other thing you can do is, you know, they do sell them frozen peeled and ready to go. Uh, <laughs> you nice. can cheat. They do? Yeah. You can buy frozen peeled pearl onions. Pearl onions, yeah. They Jolly a, Green Giant, dude. I haven't mean that. So, yeah. so my, um, now that this recipe is 25 years old, mm -hmm. Are you still happy with the balance and the way you constructed it? Absolutely. Or would you do it differently <laughs> <No>. now? <laughs> it's funny. No, I would definitely do it. Because, I, like I said, it's a spring braise. It's right. not, I'm not looking for what Terry wants to take it to naturally. Oh. That's just his nature. <laughs> That's just your nature. I get no, it. But, I, I but it's a spring braise. It's supposed to be light. And it, the Riesling is supposed to be able to show up a little bit. Which is why I wouldn't do like the pureed garlic or something. Cause I, yeah, I want, I want that, that Riesling characteristic. Riesling characteristic. And you, don't, you just don't use Riesling very much no. to cook, so it's a nice alternative. All right, you know what, it what it's time for? Mm -mm. Food for Thought, tasty trivia brought to you by Rub with Love Spice Rubs, made right here in Ballard on Cairo Radio. It's the Hot Stove Society Show, 97.3 FM. We're here in downtown Seattle. It's time for our Food for Thought Tasty Trivia Challenge, brought to you by Rub with Love Spice Rubs, made out in our warehouse in Ballard. Come by and see us sometimes. We also have a serious pie out there. Rub with Love is available at grocery stores and specialty stores around the Pacific Northwest, like Town & Country Markets, PCC, the Markets in Anacortes and Birch Bay, Gemini Fish in Issaquah and Cleelum, or Husky Deli in West Seattle. It's also available in six countries. Did you know that? Six countries. Amazing. Amazing. As it should be. As it should be. Uh, wh what do you have for us? How, how do we play this silly game? And uh, who's our winner and player and loser and all that kind of thing? Well, we're so honored to have Heidi Jacobson Watts, a uh, guest in the audience today, uh, that's competing with Tom and Terry. Each of the three players are getting five questions, and someone's going to get the most right. She's already I said she was going to kill us, so <laughs> we're done. I am. I'm still in my spring vegetable mode, so okay. all of the, all of the questions revolve around nettles, peas, fava, radishes. Well, she's an attorney, so as long as they don't involve <laughs> incarceration, jail time, suing, anything like that, then we're we should be good. We should be good. Are you a foodie, Heidi? I am. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Yes. <laughs> Pea shoots. Yeah. Pea shoot. Oh, pea shoot. <laughs> Very springy. Chef in the hat, number Great. one. Let's do it. <clears throat> uh, is this true or false? The spines of the stinging nettle contain histamine and formic acid. As a result, they normally cause pain under contact with human flesh. But when they touch tissue that is already in pain, these chemicals act as a counter 
irritant reducing discomfort. Is oh, that, that true is absolutely true. It is absolutely, absolutely true. true. Yes, and, and they taste terrible. Uh, it is very grassy. <laughs> uh, number two, which of the following is not a variety of edible garden pea? Oregon sugar pod, sweet success, meteor, feltum first, or sugar snap? I think meteor sounds like it's not even a pea. It is a pea. Is sweet it? success is not. Okay. Uh, number three, which has more vitamin C, one serving of peas or a large apple? I'm going to go with the apple. I it's, have to go with the apple because it's, it's so much bigger than a pea. I know. I but mean, it, a serving of pea, what's a serving of pea? How big is it? About a cup. About the size of a large apple. Does that my, uh, <laughs> uh, you win. I was picturing the size of a serving it's of a pea, like much smaller. True or false? Fava beans are one of the world's most powerful nitrogen fixers. Absolutely. Absolutely true. It's used everywhere, too. Once they have flowered as a, as and produced beans, yep, the fava bean plant then releases nitrogen into the soil as it dies back. This process naturally enriches the soil, providing food and energy for the next crop. And finally, on December 23rd in Oaxaca, Mexico, is the Night of Radishes. And it's a celebration uh, featuring carved radishes that they make into scenes. What holiday scene is the most popular to create with these radish carvings? <laughs> the Christmas It has to be related to Christmas, so... The nativity scene. Exactly. How'd you do? Four out of three five. Three out of five. Three out of five. Strong star. Just above the medium. All right, Heidi. Heidi. Well, thank you for playing. Heidi, you only get two. True or false? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, a variety of nettles produces the most breathable natural fiber. True. Exactly. Who it would is make that true. up, Heidi? Right? <laughs> <Nettle> <laughs> Why would you even mention that? Is able to absorb and release moisture better than any other natural fibers. The fiber has been called Nordic silk because it has a dim shine. Number two, multiple choice. The record for eating the most peas with chopsticks in one minute was set by Janet Harris in Sussex, England. How many was it? 200? 3,200 or 7,100? I'm going to go with the first one. It was the last one. 7,100. Uh, that's some she bad chopstick like, skill. She must have held I, the bowl like just shoved I, I was trying to look How can you have that? that I've, I've got to find the video. Yeah, we got to see that. it with you. This one is multiple choice. It is believed that peas that are boiled with onions and spiced with cinnamon can do which of the following? Build muscles... Act as a powerful aphrodisiac or eradicate a headache? I'm going to go with uh, eradicate a headache. It's a powerful aphrodisiac. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, The fava bean is nutritious and high in a few fundamental minerals. Which is the highest, the iron, the zinc, or the manganese? Uh, I'm going to go with the manganese. Iron. Of course it was. It's iron. Wow, we like Heidi a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Heidi, I was kidding when I said two. I mean, you don't have to hold on and, to that. And finally, five, radishes are a great locale snack. How many calories in one cup of radishes? I can give you multiple choice. Yeah. Is it 11, 19, or 25? 
I've been doing so well. I'm going to say 19. Yay! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Two out of five. Look at you. My guess is you would have gotten that no matter which number you said. <laughs> Thank you. All right, you. Heidi. Thanks. What will you have for Heidi? Two out of five. Two out of five. Okay. I'm sure I can lose to that. In myth- This is true or false, please. In mythology, the Danish believe that there are elves buried wherever nettles grow. Absolutely, because... <laughs> Elvis, Elvis nettles are my favorite varietal. It is, in fact, true. Uh, which area is the largest producer of peas for freezing? This is multiple choice. The U.K., the U.S., or Costa Rica? U.K. Yep. Number three, what is the proper etiquette for eating peas? Uh, uh, I will say one at a time. <laughs> The correct answer is to squash them on the back of your fork. That's ridiculous. But I did watch some videos where a lot of people said you should just push it on to sticky food. <laughs> yeah. But I like Run them into squish. your mashed potatoes. <laughs> exactly. Right. Those are the people who know how to eat. Okay. Uh, number four. Peeling fava beans is considered an experience that offers calm and focus. That is a Zen BS practice. right there. It is a pain. It's traditionally done by women sitting in a circle with an apron full of freshly picked fava beans resting on their laps, hours of preparation, and a lot of chatting. Do you agree that fava beans are vegetables that preserve culture? Uh, sure, I would say that, but I would also agree that you always give that job to your worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> because that, I, I buy favas from Charlie's Produce. And he came over to the farm for dinner, and that's exactly the job I gave him. I said, this is what it's like buying fava beans from you, and I made him Shuck every fava bean. And finally, about 7 million tons of radishes are produced every year. What percent does that represent of the global vegetable production? I don't know, but here's what I'll say about that. <laughs> is that I, I want to know how many actually make it to somebody's mouth. Right. Because usually you use one or two, and then the rest kind of rot in your yep. produce drawer in the refrigerator. And so I'll food. say uh, what percent of I would say it's uh, 1%. It's 2%, so you were dang oh, he's, he's, Are we going to give it to him? <laughs> we're we're it giving to it him. to him. Okay. Four Thank out of five for Tom Douglas today. Thank you, Heidi. Have fun Thank in the gift you, shop. Thank you, Heidi. Uh, you are Thank awesome. You. If you want to be part of the show like Heidi, you can join the community on YouTube Live at Tom Douglas & Co. or buy a ticket to join us here in studio at HotStoveSociety.com. The show is produced by Pamela Hinckley. Sean McFadden is our technical producer, and our uh, talented editor at Cairo is Sean Don't Call Me Del Torre. If you uh, miss any episode of the Hot Stove Society, uh, you can go to Cairo and listen via podcast or just subscribe with your favorite podcast app or watch us on YouTube. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful weekend. I'm going to keep well my vegetables cart off and sell my vegetables are love